Uh, turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, just hold your place there. As Michael said, we're beginning the year not just with a sermon series. Uh, this hopefully is a church-wide emphasis for us to really focus on making first things first. Everyone say first things first. And then the subtitle, Learning to Live Life in the Right Order. How many of you know when you get things out of order, it just messes everything up? How many of you know you can't hit the ball and just run to, run to third? It's just out of order, right? There's order and structure in the earth and in the world. And, and I'm convinced, let me just say, I'm convinced that many of God's people, and I know, hey, let me just say, I know because I struggle with this from time to time, but many of God's people get out of order in their life and they get out, the priorities get mixed up and messed up, uh, and they miss God's best for their life. And not only they miss God's best, but things began to go wrong in their life. Let me just say a couple of things here before we get into this keynote verse this morning. Let me just say a couple of things. Uh, listen, I believe a lot of people suffer unnecessarily because their priorities are out of whack. And I believe when you get things in order and you get things in line with God's purpose and plan for your life, that you and I will begin to live the blessed life that, that God has for us. And so my hope and my goal for my life and for us in 2017 is that we will begin to order our world and structure our life where we're living life in the right order. And how many of you know, how many of you know, uh, in fact, let me just say this, I think we need to be a little OCD about order for the next few weeks. We need to get things in order. I'm not talking about the way things are sitting on your shelf. I'm talking about how things are setting in your heart and how the priorities of God are lining up. And let me just draw this picture for you. Let's look at the pie. Everyone say the pie. You see the big pie? Listen, we think of this, our life as pieces of pie. There's the family pie. There's the, there's the work pie. There's the education pie. There's the, you know, fun and frivolity piece of pie. Uh, and then there's the church piece of pie. And then there's the God piece of pie. Uh, and we think, oh, now how do I get all these pieces of pie in the right order? If I get them all there in the right order. And listen, let me tell you something. God is not a, he doesn't want to be a piece of your pie. I said, even though I'm sitting down doesn't mean I'm not preaching this morning. I said, God doesn't want to be just a piece of your pie, a piece of your world. In fact, he wants to own and control the whole pie. Somebody say he is Lord. And so, so we're talking about priorities. And so I want you to see that. And, and many uh, well-meaning people, they go, well, you know, church is a piece of our pie and Jesus is a piece of our pie. And so we got to make sure we give him his proper place in the midst of our world. Let me just tell you, it's not our world. It's his world. It's his. In fact, we belong to him. Look at your neighbor and say, you belong to God. You are his. And so that's where we're headed. And, and, and this is our keynote verse for at least the next month. And I want you to memorize this. We're going to break it down. Somebody say, break it down. 
We're going to break it down in a few minutes, but I want you to memorize this. I want your children to memorize this. Listen up, kiddos. I want you to memorize this verse right here. Ty, I want you to memorize this. I want you to be able to say by the end of this month, I want you to be able to quote this verse, okay? Uh, uh, Kira, I want you, you'll, you'll do this before church is over. Kira, you memorize this verse for me. Y'all, y'all memorize it. Uh, and so let's all, me- in fact, husbands and wives look at each other and say, we're going to memorize this verse. We're going to memorize this. Uh, Matthew 6.33. It's really a semi-concluding verse about a lot of ideas that we'll look at in just a moment. But it's certainly a verse of priority. Let's read it together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Read it again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, as we'll see in a moment, these things are all the peripheral things that tend to take up our, our, the pieces of our pie and all the priorities of our life. Things like food and clothing and all those resources. In fact, let me just say to you, here's, here's something for you to do this week. You read through, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. That's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Everyone say Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I want you to read through it and look through it this week. Make that some of your devo time and just say, uh, and just, and, and read through it through the lens of priority and how God is teaching us to, uh, to, to live a life of right priorities. So there's your homework. There's your week's devote, devo. In fact, you could, you could look at that for all year long. You could take the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and you could just begin. I mean, in fact, you could spend a week on one of the first verses. Blessed are. I mean, you just, you just start meditating on blessed. Everybody say blessed. That means very happy. Everybody go, ha, 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 ha. I'm telling you, when you get your priorities right, it'll make you Happy. It'll make God happy too. Uh, so there you go. But let's read it again. I want you to catch this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his, and all these will be added unto you. Little insight. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just want to. The word added means annexed into your life. You know, everyone say annex. You know, sometimes cities annex in more property and resources. And that's, here's what God's saying. If you'll just get your priorities straight, all these other things, I'll just annex them into your world. Amen? I said amen. All right, here we go. So that's where we're headed, and and I want to just kind of lay a foundation for you this morning. (coughs) In fact, on Wednesday night, we've got a teaching team that's going to help you get your priorities right. In fact, this Wednesday night, I see Josh over here. He's going to talk about the priority of of lordship. Amen. And then next week is uh, Michelle, the priority of love, loving God and others. The next week is Michael. He's not in here. Today's with the kids. It's the, oh, oh, there you are. It's not, you're not in. Everybody give Michael and Lyric a hand. Didn't they do good this morning? Got family and friends with them today. The priority of, of discipleship or for the L word, it's learning. So the priority of lordship, the priority of love, the priority of learning and growing in Christ. And then the last one, Salome's not here. She's on her way back from New York. Uh, I guess she spent New York on, uh, you know, watch the ball drop. I don't know. I think she was at a wedding, but she's on her way home. She's going to finish off uh, on our Wednesday night talking about the priority of, uh, of leading 
and, and, and influencing people. So that's our Wednesday night in January. It's going to be a great, and I want you to come and be supportive of our teaching team as we all work together to make first things first. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, we got to, we got to get first things first. We got to get first things first. And so that's where we're headed. Uh, let me just build a foundation for you today. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't have my phone or my watch here. So we just may take all day here because I'm building a foundation. Let me just make some statements to you about priority and about God and, and, and just kind of build a little foundation for you. Number one, God is the God of order and structure. In fact, Hebrews 1 3 says, He holds all things together. By the word of his power and authority. Did, did you get that? And, and God's a God of structure. In fact, if you studied the universe, oh, there are people who have done that, Christians who have done it. And, in fact, you could Google, I forget his name, Lou, uh, I think it's Lou Giglio, I'm not sure. You Google some of his YouTube videos about God and about earth and about the universe, you'll just go, oh, hallelujah, because he's, he's a God of order and structure. And if you just look at his creation, you know, it's a, it's a creation of structure and order and things that have to pri- be prioritized and he holds it all together by the word of his authority. That's why he wants us to live a prioritized life. Number two, God's word is a book of priorities. When you look to the word of God, you'll realize that God, (coughs) pardon me, even in creation, began to put things in order. And it's, and, and you look at the book from the beginning to the end, it's a book about priorities. In Genesis chapter 4, when Cain and Abel came into this world, we see this, uh, uh, you know, you remember Cain and Abel. Look at your neighbor and say, you remember Cain and Abel? Whose kids were they? I said, whose kids were they? All right. So, uh, and one kept his priorities right and the other did not. Cain had wrong priorities because it says that Cain, in the process of time, he brought God basically an offering. When things got to going good in the process of time, when he figured, well, now I can afford it, I'll give God an offering. And God didn't honor his. But Abel, it says he brought of the what? First fruits. He had his priorities right. And so we know God wasn't pleased with Cain because his priorities were out of order. And it messed him up so bad uh, that he, he just ended up killing his brother out of, out of jealousy and rage rather than readjusting his priorities. Listen, let me just tell you, if you don't readjust your priorities, it'll drive you crazy. It'll make you do things you should have never done, say things you've never should have said, and be what you never should have been. So God's word is a book of priorities, and you can see it everywhere. In fact, the Ten Commandments, everybody, everybody say it real deep, the Ten Commandments. When you, thank you so much, you saw and you noticed, bless you. The Ten Commandments. It's all about priorities. You read the first few, and it's about priority. Thou shalt have what? No other gods before me. He's, it's a, it's a book of priorities. And when you study the children of Israel and you look to history, when they got their priorities out of whack, things began to go wrong. When they got out of order, things began to go wrong. Where's, where's, there's Brent back there. Brent works at Exxon Mobil. He's, he's one of the ones responsible to keep Beaumont from blowing up on a daily basis. 
And how many of you know, and he, and he looks at dials and gauges and pressures and things, and he tries to talk to me, but it just goes, ooh, ooh. You know, he, he's so used to talking about, thank you, Michael, talking about, you know, dials and gauges and pressures and things, and things get out of whack and all this and that. And I go, ah, that's cool. But you know what he's talking about? Priorities. How many of you know at ExxonMobil, there's a, there's a list of priorities and there's order and structure. And in any given circumstance, in any given situation, if those priorities get out of whack at ExxonMobil or any other plan or any other pl- problems ensue. Are you with me? Say amen. So God's a God of order and structure and God's word is a book of priorities. Uh, and then let, let's talk about Jesus for a moment. Jesus lived a prioritized life. When you look at his life, he, his priorities were in order. In fact, even as a young boy, you remember when his parents, who evidently had their priorities out of whack because they had left Jerusalem or I think, yeah, I think they were in Jerusalem. They were headed back home. And young Jesus, who was probably a teenager by that time, they'd gone a couple of days and, and Mary and Joseph looked at each other. Have you seen Joseph? Oh, pardon me. You seen Jesus? Uh, no, I thought you saw Jesus. No, I didn't see Jesus. Jesus! Buddy, they hot footed it back to town and they found the young boy Jesus in the temple talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And they, you know, I could just see mom and dad, Jesus, you freaking us out, man. You, that probably didn't say freaking us out back then, but man, we we're worried about you. And he said this, and it was one of his first, some of it maybe. in fact, somebody could tell me this. This may be his first, the first quote of him as, as a young, young boy. He said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? That's in Luke chapter 2, 49. Didn't you know, mom and dad, that there's some prior, that there, there, I have priorities? I am the son of God. He didn't say that. But he said, I must be about my father's business. Even as a young boy, and listen, teenagers, uh, young adults, uh, young, hey, children, We've got to understand something that even as children, even as teenagers, and certainly as adults, just as Jesus lived a prioritized life, we must live the same way. And he shared that with his parents. And then when he grew up, and of course, there's a lot we could look at, but in Mark 1, 35, it says about him, I love this. It says, now in the morning, a great while before day, He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Listen, just like the big piece of pie needs to be, how do you you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you eat a piece of pie one bite at a time? And And how do you deal with each day of your world one bite at a time? And let me tell you, one of the first bites that Jesus took every day was he would prioritize his time, and he would go and spend time with God at the place of prayer. And if Jesus did that, the Son of God did that, how many of you know that ought to be one of the priorities that we put at the top of our list? Spending time with God at the place of prayer. And I know how most people do. Oh, but but Pastor Sam, you don't know about my pie. Some people think just because they got a different piece of pie, different looking pie, that they can they can adjust their priorities differently. You don't know, Pastor, my piece of pie, man. I have to get up at four thirty in the morning to get ready to go make sure that the Exxon Mobil doesn't blow up. You don't understand my piece of pie, but well, maybe I don't, but I do understand priorities. And whatever you and I do in life, 
This has to be top priority. <coughs> so Jesus lived a prioritized life. And then, of course, he taught us a prioritized life. He taught us to live a life that was rightly, righteously ordered and prioritized based upon his purpose and plan for our life. Let me show you an illustration. Go to Luke chapter 10. I know you're in Matthew. Hold your place there. Go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's the story, Luke chapter 10, of Mary and Martha. And how many of you know Mary and Martha and who else were siblings? Mary and Martha and who else? Everybody say Lazarus. They were siblings and they were really good friends with Jesus. They had made good, had built a good relationship with him. And so it says this in verse 38 of, of Luke 10. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. What did Mary do? She sat at Jesus' feet and did what? Heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him, speaking of Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Everybody go, Martha, Martha. Everybody go, Marcia, Marcia. No, not really. Martha, Martha. Look at your neighbor and look at, if you know him personally, look at him and, and call their name to us. Go, Beverly, Beverly. Jim, Jim. I know it's your birthday, but. Martha, Martha, you are worried, catch this, and troubled about many things. Everyone say many things. Pause, right? Everybody push the pause button. Go back to Matthew 6, 33. You remember that in your head? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will just be annexed into your world. You're distracted by many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What was Jesus teaching her that day? That her priorities were out of whack. How many of you know serving is a good thing? Come on now. I said, how many of you know serving is a good thing? It's a good thing, but if serving gets out of whack with the priority of God for your life, it becomes a bad thing, and it produces negative results in, in your life. And In fact, understand something about Martha. She experienced some unhealthy and unnecessary things in her life. Because her priorities were out of order, Mary experienced unnecessary burdens because of misplaced priorities. In fact, when Jesus said this, you're distracted. Everyone say distracted. Now, that's, that word, uh, for some reason, got translated a little differently. When you think of distracted, you know what that, you know, I'm just distracted, can't keep my mind, I'm thinking of other things. And, and, and in fact, certainly that's the case when our priorities and we're worried about a lot of things, we get distracted. But that word distracted really means encumbered and weighted down. Because your priorities, listen to me, this is revelation to me. Because your priorities are out of, out of order, because you're not living a life of order and structure and prioritized based upon God's purpose and plan for your life, you are weighted down by all these things. These things are burdening you. And let me just throw this out. If you live, <coughs> pardon me, if you live a life that just seems to be weighted down and burdened, in fact, the scripture says, cast all your burdens and cares upon the Lord, 
for he cares for you. Listen, it, you may just need to check the priorities of your life. Are you with me? So Mary experienced unnecessary burdens that she didn't have to carry. See, there's some things we have to carry, and if and we have to carry them, God will give us grace. But there's no reason to pick up unnecessary burdens by un, by keeping our life out of out of sync with God's priority for our life. She also experienced unruly attitudes towards others. If you notice, she was sporting a tood. And let me just say, if you're sporting a tood a lot of time, you know, you ever know anybody that you just know, when I get around them, out comes the tood. You just know they're just sporting a tood. That means an attitude. Uh, just sporting a tood. You get around so-and-so, he's always angry. He's always, she's always this, always troubled, always, you know, just always sporting a tood. Let me tell you something. That was the way with Martha. She had an attitude with Jesus. She said, you don't even care, do you? She was sportinitude with God. And then she certainly was sportinitude with her sister. Don't you care? She's, she's left the, she, she quit on me. You see, because Mary was, priorities were misplaced and out of order. She carried unnecessary burdens and she developed unruly attitudes towards others. And then number three, she experienced unhealthy anxiety and turbulence about many things because of her misplaced priorities. She said, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled. The word troubled here is the Greek, the, the root word for turbulence. Anybody ever been in a plane where there was serious turbulence? How many of you have been in where you just go, OMG, I'm buckling up? You know, in fact, sometimes, ding, I need all the passengers to buckle up. We're going to experience a little turbulence here. Uh, and, and, and that's the word that Jesus used. He said, Mary, you're worried and there's turbulence in your life because your priorities are out of whack. Wow. Man, I could have spent all day on that. You can just take that one with you. So there's, there's some things in life we go through. How many of you know if you're going through a trial, you can just trust God and enjoy the journey? But if you're, if you're, if you're bringing it on yourself, let me just tell you, I'm convinced that most of our turbulence in life is self-inflicted. Most of the worry, you know, in fact, we're not supposed to worry. So if we do worry, we're sinning. How many of you know worry is a sin? Look at your name and say, worry is a sin. My grandmother was a sinner because if nothing was going wrong, she'd worry about not worrying. I mean, she's just a natural born worrier. She, nothing's going wrong. I, I better worry about that if nothing's going wrong. I mean, uh, and all of us have those things, uh, all of us have those issues. People are pointing at one another. You know, when they say you're pointing at somebody, there's four more looking back at you. So there you go. And so, hey, listen, it, 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 some things in life are unnecessary. Some things you don't need to carry if you get your priorities right. There's attitudes that you don't need to have and you shouldn't have uh, and you won't have if you get your priorities right. And, and there's some turbulence and worry in your life you, you don't need to experience if you, if you get your priorities right. So Jesus taught us uh, to live a prioritized life. And that's what he was teaching Martha that day. Look at your sister. She's got it figured out. She's got these priorities straight. And if you'll just follow the role model and example of your 
sister uh, and, and just learn some things here. And that's where we are this January. If you look at your life, let me, let me just tell you something. Well, oh, Pastor, I'm, my, my pie's so jumbled up, I can never get it in order. I could never get it straightened out. Oh, yes, you can. Look at your neighbor and smile at him and say, oh, yes, you can. Come on, come on, tell somebody, oh, yes, you can. You sure can, because the, if you just get the first one right, so you don't have to look at the whole pile and go, OMG. Man, my work's a mess, my family's a mess, this is a mess, that's a mess. Go back to Matthew 6.33. You, you get the one in charge of your whole pie, in charge of your pie, he can help you get it all fixed. Look at your other neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you this morning. <laughs> okay, now let's go to Matthew 6. Are you in Matthew 6? I'm having so much fun, we may go all day. Look at Matthew 6. In fact, as I, gave, I gave you homework, did I not? Just, just meditate on Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and do so from the standpoint of priorities, and you'll see it everywhere. But let's look at Matthew 6. I want to just kind of break it down. Somebody say, break it down, Pastor. Matthew 6.33 is a scripture that's kind of a culmination of a lot of things Jesus had been saying that referenced priorities, and then he kind of capsulated it all with this verse, seek ye first, or seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so let's look at what Matthew 6 reveals. Look at, everybody say, Matthew, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, boom, shakalaka, Keep me going. There we go. Matthew 6 reveals. Here it is. Number one, you need to understand this. Ooh. Maybe I missed this part. Yeah. Okay. Just hold that right there. All right. Let me go through Matthew 6, 33. I don't think I made a slide of this one because I did it this morning. I was having computer trouble. Let's just break this down. Everyone say seek. Seek. It's not as if you're looking. That word doesn't mean I'm, I've lost something and so I'm looking for it. That's not what it means. It really has the concept of worship. If you will make God the object of your worship, his purpose and plan, the object of your worship, seek first. Everyone say first. The word first doesn't just mean first in line. It means first in priority and importance. That's what it means. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, so when you seek, you're, you're, you're coming to a place of honor and respect and worship of God and you're putting him as the top priority. He's first in line in your life. And the, it says, seek first the kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. That may, that's a reference to the government and authority of God in our life. Listen, hey, Jesus is not just the, our provider. You go to Matthew 6, we, we, he is our provider. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our, what? Daily bread. He is our provider. But before he's our provider, he's our authority. He's the final authority in our life. He's, as Josh will tell you Wednesday night, he's the Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And so you need to understand Jesus is saying here, hey, listen, this, this is how, where it all kind of, kind of melts into seek first the kingdom, the government and the authority of God in your life. And, and I love the fact that he threw this in and his righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. 
that, that's a reference to being right with God and being justified by God. And how many of you know we can't be right with God in our own strength? In fact, because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done, we can be righteous, not because of our works, not because, in fact, uh, I think Titus says this, it's not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saved you by the washing of regeneration and the renewing, (coughs) pardon me, of the Holy Spirit. Man, that, that and his righteousness references really the core of Christianity. That there was none righteous, no, not one, but his, he has the power to make us righteous. Somebody say amen. So here Jesus says, listen, here's the, here's the priority of God for your life. All melted down in one simple verse. And if you'll do this, all these things, all this miscellanea, all this, uh, uh, little issues that you have, this, this concern about food and, and housing and lodging and, and family and, and, and fun and frivolity and all these things that take up our time, all these things, he'll just annex them into your life. Everybody say amen. In fact, let me give you a closer look here this morning. Before we go to the next slide, I think, I think I must have missed a slide or two. I did it kind of hurry. A closer look at the Sermon on the Mount. It's a message about a prioritized life. That's what it's all about. It's about prioritizing our life. Look, hey, just look quickly. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. I'll just show you a few. Uh, the whole sermon's about priorities. Matthew 5, 13, 14, and 15, and 16 have to do with salt and light. Everyone say salt and light. He says this is, everybody say salt and light. Salt and light. He said, you're supposed to be salt. You're supposed to be light. And then verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. How many of you know that's a priority verse? And so the Sermon on the Mount is really a message, uh, his first recorded sermon. How many of you know the Sermon on the Mount is his first recorded sermon where he really broke it down for the disciples and really for everybody that was listening? It was a message of discipleship, Michael. It certainly was. And that message of discipleship laced all throughout it is the getting your life in right priority. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, you remember me talking about righteousness and his righteousness? Look over, he hits this thought uh, without going too deep into the context. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about getting your priorities of right and getting becoming righteous based upon the gospel and the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Somebody say amen. And then when you get to Matthew 6, I love Matthew 6. Everybody, everyone say, when you pray. Oh, let me back up. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Say, when you give, when you pray. And when you fast. Now, when Jesus says when with something, he's saying it's not optional. In other words, this is a big part of the priority of God for our life. Now, follow with me just a moment. 
And let me, and here's the, here's the slide that may have been out of order that I want you to get right now. Matthew 6, and really all of, of, of the Sermon on the Mount, it reveals that our desires and even our needs should never be our top priority. Let's say that out loud with a smile on our face, if we can. This is what, this is what it reveals. And you read it, you look at it, everybody out loud. Our desires and even our should be our top priority. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, now you're meddling a little bit. Well, just, hey, when you get him as top priority, all these other things, our needs and even our desires, that will God, then be godly. Listen, if you get him as top priority in your life and he owns the whole pie and he's in charge of the whole pie, listen, all those other things, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added. They'll be annexed into your life if you'll get your priorities straight. And so understand that when you give, when you pray, and not if you give, if you, you know, some people say, you know, I'll, I'll pray some and I'll give some, and I'll fast some. But he talks about priority. In fact, let me tell you about these three wins, the when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. It reveals not only that our desires and even our needs should never, uh, uh, should never be our top priority, but, hey, the act of giving, praying, and fasting is God's methodology to reorganize, it should be reorganized, our misplaced priorities. Listen, if our priorities out of whack, catch this. <clears throat> if your priorities are out of whack, if you're out of order, God says, start giving, start praying, and start fasting. This is God's methodology to keep you organized in the priority of God for your life and to keep your needs and your desires off the table. Because if you'll keep your needs and your desires off the table, then I'll just annex that into your world. But you've got to get first things first. Somebody say first things first. It's really true. In fact, let me show you in reference to giving. Verse 4 of chapter 6. Look what he says. He's talking about your charitable deeds, your giving. He said, well, verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed or give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret, what will he do? He'll just reward you openly. He'll annex those, those things you need into your world if you'll just realize that giving, how many of you know it's better to give than to receive? And when you understand this principle, it'll be better for you to give than to receive because you'll know that if I just, if I just trust God and become a giver, uh, then guess what will happen in my life? Uh, God will take care of all the other things. And let me tell you something. He's better at taking care of you than you are. And that's not in my notes. I just thought that. Somebody tweet that for goodness sake. God's better at taking care of you than you are. He'll take better care of you. He'll provide for you more fitfully and righteously than you could ever take care of yourself. And so it, it keeps our priorities. It, it reorganizes our world. Look in verse 19 of that same chapter. Look what he says here. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But in other words, hey, he's referencing the nature of giving and the priority of God in our life where thieves break into sale, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The act of giving is God's methodology to reorganize our misplaced priorities. (coughs) Amen. The act of praying, think about this. The act of praying is God's methodology to reorganize our misplaced priorities. If you look down in verse 8 of that chapter right here, he says this, Therefore, catch this, therefore do not be like them. Now catch this, for our Father or your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Now that is revelation knowledge to me, even though I know it. it, 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 uh, He already knows what you need. But then he teaches us to pray. And in the prayer, he says that we're to pray, give us this day our daily bread. He knows what you need. Look at your other neighbor and say, he knows what you need. In other words, prayer, listen, prayer is not about informing God of anything. La-dee-da-da. Some of you pray like you're, like you're telling something God he doesn't already know. Prayer, somebody say this, prayer is not about informing God of anything. God's not going, oh my gosh, I forgot, it's rent month. It's, it's, it's the week for rent, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you understand something, prayer is not about informing God about our needs, even though he taught us to ask him and to ask him to give us and all those things that are in the prayer. Prayer is God's methodology to reorganize our misplaced priorities, to keep him in charge of everything. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, look in verse 10. What does he say? Here's the beginning of the prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You go over to Matthew 6, 33. What did he say? Seek ye first. Worship him first. Keep him top priority. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. You see, prayer keeps us, it reorganizes us every day. That's why Jesus, every morning, get up. I've got to get my priorities in order. I've got to get, I've got to get who's in charge in order. I've got to stay focused on him and his purpose and plan for my life. Amen. And even the act of fasting. In fact, there's a lot we could say about fasting, but nobody wants to because you still got a lot of food you need to eat from New Year's Eve. Fasting is the same way. It's God's methodology to reorganize our misplaced priorities and put Him in charge and not the, even the, 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 the desires of our fleshly nature and, and just the hunger. It's to put us in check and Him in charge. Are you with me? So giving, praying, and fasting are God's methodology to reorganize our misplaced priorities. And so let me just say to you today, in fact, let me just say this. Uh, Many times in the beginning of the year, we had actual 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church family. Uh, We didn't officially do that today. But let me just tell you what you and I need to do for the next, not the next 21 days, but for the next however long we live on planet Earth. We need to put these three things as top priority in our life, and it will keep us, and it will reorganize 
organize our world on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, uh, when you're a giver, a prayer, and a faster, your priorities begin to, begin to formulate rightly. In fact, the acts of giving, praying, and fasting not only reorganize our priorities into proper order, but they keep them in proper order. They keep them in proper order. That's huge. That's, that's huge. I shouldn't have used that word huge. You say, why shouldn't I use that word? I just read an article about seven words we should never use over, over uh, unnecessarily. And one of them was, that's huge, man. I don't know why. But I said, this, this right here is officially huge. Giving, praying, and fasting not only reorganize our priorities into proper order, but they keep them in proper order. Man, that's a gold mine right there. And, 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 and go back to Matthew 6, in your mind. Hey, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be annexed and just added into your life. In other words, if you just stay focused here, keep your priorities in order, or you just do the things necessary to reorgan, pardon me, reorganize your world on a daily basis, those things that you do will keep you organized and prioritized in life. And it seems like, you know, we come to the end of the year and we come to the new year. We make these what? These new years what? That never are kept and never are honored and never are. In fact, in about February and March, you can get a real deal on exercise equipment. Because everybody by, by, by middle, last of January, man, this thing's sitting around taking up space. I'm going to put it on for sale in Southeast Texas. Get some of my money back. Uh, because priorities never remain priorities. But if, if we will keep these things and things like that, they'll keep us. If you'll keep these, they'll keep you. Let me show it to you. Let me show you this. We're going to quit. I don't have a time. I don't have a clock. How, how, how far? Oh, man, I got all day. It's 1151. Let me show you some things. Thank you, Michael. He was ready to go. Where y'all going for lunch? You excited about it? <laughs> Let me show you this right here. Uh, if you'll keep these things, they'll keep you. In other words, hey, you get your priorities right and reorganize them, it'll keep our heart in the right place. Let me show you this. Giving pr- keeps our heart in the right place. Are you in Matthew 6? Let me show you this. Look in Matthew 6. He finishes up with praying or giving, praying, and fasting. And then I kind of think that the rest of these verses have to do with when you began to get your priorities right, right, these things began to happen. And and in other words, praying or, or giving, praying, and fasting have to do with our heart. And he says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. In other words, if you, if you give, pray, and fast, you won't be laying up treasures on earth uh, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. In other words, your, your heart will be focused on the things of eternal perspective. He said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, if you'll keep these things operational in your life and they continually reorganize and prioritize your life, it will keep your heart in the right place. 
giving, praying, and fasting, and other daily disciplines of life not only keep our heart in the right place, but they keep our eyes in the right place. How many of you know our eyes have a lot to do with the priorities of life? If you look at uh, something long enough, it'll become a priority. Are you with me? Look what he says. If the, verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light is that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He's talking about priorities. If you focus on the wrong things, you're going to be, you're, you're going, you're, your life is going to be in trouble. But if you keep your eyes in the right place, guess what? Uh, you'll be, you'll be full of light. It'll keep our eyes in the right place. Number three, the act of giving, praying, and fasting and other daily disciplines keeps our loyalty in the right place. That's a, that word loyalty is a priority word. Look in Matthew 6, 24, because no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money or mammon. You see... When we begin to live our life under the banner of the Lordship of Christ, we begin to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all those other things that were priorities in our life will just be annexed into our life because we keep Him as top priority in our life. And being right with him as top priority in our life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everybody say, all these things will be added unto us. It's so true. You see, today, when I leave this place, Before I leave, I'm going to worship him with my giving. I'm going to be a tither in 2017. I'm going to sow into other people's life. It's because it's better to give than to receive. It's like Beverly and I on our way here today, we were talking about what are some things we can do for some people? How we can give to them bless them see in 2017 I'm going to do my best and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to yield myself to the governance of God and begin to seek him and put prayer as Jesus modeled as top priority in my life and in 2017 we should all make every effort to put our flesh in check by fasting prayer in fact the disciples one day were trying to cast out a devil and Jesus showed up and said what's your problem they said well we're trying but it ain't working Jesus said well you've got to understand your devils this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting I'm going to seek to be right with him be righteous I'm going to trust him that in 2017 all these other things that I thought were big priorities in my life 
just be annexed into my life. Amen. Let's stand together. Today we're going to pray a prayer of dedication. If you're with your husband or wife, take them by the hand. If you've got your family there, bring them in close. If you're by yourself, you're with us today. And all of us together can dedicate ourselves to making first things first. I'm dedicating myself to make Matthew 6.33 the keynote verse of 2017 for my life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. Father, today we stand before you. Beverly, come take me by the hand. Let's stand together. We stand together as families and friends. And as we begin this year rightly, Lord, I thank you for these that are here today who chose to begin their new year with me and with one another and with you. Lord, we stand here together on this first day of January 2017. We dedicate ourselves we give ourselves even as a living sacrifice because we learned something today that getting our lives in the right priority has nothing to do with, the, with our desires and needs. But it's all about you. So Lord, we dedicate ourselves and our families and our future in 2017 to put, thir- to put first things first and to seek first, worship first, make you and your kingdom and your governance in our life top priority in 2017, not just today, but every day. Just like Jesus every day would rise a great while before day and reprioritizes life and stay in tune with the purpose of God so Lord we dedicate ourselves in 2017 to put you first first not only in line but first and final authority in charge of all of who we are our families, our finances, our future. In Jesus' name.